Unsung Murder Ballads discusses topics of a graphic nature and in graphic detail and may not be suitable for children under the age of 13. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, welcome back to Unsung Murder Ballads. This is going to be a short bonus update episode on the Catherine Sesnick case, which we actually just posted episode two of just uh, yesterday. So just to remind everybody, I'm Janice Dead. I'm Jameson Dead. And I'm Aaron. All right. So after the recording of the the Sister Catherine Sesnick episodes, we talked about the release of a report that was going to talk about the abuses caused by the Catholic Church or the Baltimore Archdiocese in the Baltimore area. Did it and come they, out? They did. It finally oh, came out. Oh, yes. I can't wait to hear this. We just wanted to kind of take a moment to discuss some of the updates where I'm going to dive right in because, you know, I want this to be short and sweet because we just did two hours worth of, you know, discussing Sister Catherine Sesnick. So since the recording of our episode, uh, the Attorney General of Maryland has released a report and it's called The Child Sex Abuse by the Catholic Church in Baltimore. That's literally the title. Wow. I want to point out that this report only covers Baltimore, just the city of Baltimore. That's um, it. There's that's so it. much more to. Wow. OK. Well, but again, it's it's covering the city. It's covering that particular archdiocese. True. It, it is redacted, uh, but it only redacts the names, the titles and the locations of crimes, etc. related to those abusers that are still alive, which I see as kind what? of bullshit. Yeah, that, that, that seems like once again, they're protecting their own. Well, I'm going to it's funny that you, you say that because there's a literally a quote right on the introduction of it all. And um, the, the wording of it went something like this, because I, I kind of I typed it out, but I pared it down because I didn't want to read like an entire paragraph to get one thought out. The actual wording of it says the names of abusers described were redacted because they were not known to be deceased at the time of the report and had not previously been listed as credibly accused by the Archdiocese of Baltimore or otherwise publicly identified. So basically they're saying we can't really prove they did anything and they're still alive. So we're not going to say anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Agreed. So all the victims are not named whether they came forward publicly or not. And the lists and victims that are listed, they're called victims. They're not called survivors. And that was in order to highlight the criminal acts of the idiots who hurt them. The assholes that hurt them. There okay. are. I mean, I can I get it, but that that just that seems to. It takes away the power of how, yeah. what they went through and how they survived. I agree. Exactly. Yep. There are also numerous references to the archdiocese, quote, making mandatory reports or disclosures as required, unquote. And almost every case, almost every incident where someone's reporting abuse by a priest, they have that wording. And that was put in there to emphasize the claim that the archdiocese was in compliance with the law, or so they said they were. So they're just trying to make themselves look innocent, like nothing ever happened. Correct. They, it, it, they basically, when it said, like, Father Maskell brought this girl into his office and did this, then they say, you know, the archdiocese reported this as it was mandatorily required, blah, 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 which is so bullshit. Reporting it makes it okay like what is, is that what we're like getting at here like 
you know, oh, this happened, but we reported it. So, you know, right. That's that's we exactly can just move, what it is. We can just move on now. Like, yeah, they're saying that how much you suffered. Correct. They're, they're basically saying we covered our asses and reported it is what they're claiming. And I believe they they're claiming they sent it to the police. But it's unclear from lies. Oh, I was going to ask, like, they say they reported it. What's the actual documentation proof of that? The, the report doesn't give us that information it just oh. as you're going through each like priest or whatever that did whatever he he or she did it just after every claim it'll say this was credibly found like basically meaning we believe the person and then it was reported you know it was part of the mandatory reporting now one thing that we discussed in the episodes was that father Maskell in particular was chaplain to the police the state police so he had he knew people in the police force and a lot of the girls that were being abused reported that sometimes police officers were coming in and abusing them as well. So oh when you're reporting it to other abusers, really what's happening? There's no report at all. Correct. <laughs> that report disappears. Exactly. But getting back into this released report, it is 463 pages long, Holy which is crazy. Shit. Yeah. It lists 156 members of the Catholic Church. And of those 156, only 10 had their names redacted. So in Baltimore, there were 156 priests abusing children. That's that, disgusting. It's crazy. Just Baltimore. Okay, so I, I redact what I said earlier. Apparently, just covering Baltimore is enough to make it scary and twisted and just, oh, my God. Yeah. So the introduction to the whole thing was a scathing indictment, basically as it should have been, they discussed the abuse of power, the enabling of the archdiocese and for not taking action like greater action as where they could have stopped these priests. And they talk about the methods by which these abusers perform their crimes. Uh, the report does give an overview of the archdiocese of Baltimore. Most of it I just took as historical fluff. But one thing I didn't know that I thought was kind of cool was that this was the actual like the first diocese established in the united states which i thought was kind of cool nah, wow they're still pieces of shit but well yeah. yeah so the report then goes on and discusses the history of child abuse and sex offender laws in maryland the basically it's and this is so weird because we've been around since you know whatever we've been a country since the late 1700s it made child abuse a felony in 1963 what it took until 1963 to make child abuse a felony. Wow. And at the time, it did not make any distinctions between physical abuse and sexual abuse, which is weird. But, you know, I guess it was the 60s. That's mind blowing. Holy crap. It didn't make it clear that the law included sexual abuse until 1974. So it took nine years to say, hey, guys, this is supposed to be included in here. And then it wasn't until 2003 that child sexual abuse and physical abuse was actually divided into two separate statutes. And then from there, the report summarizes all the abuses and cover-ups that went on. Just a very quick summary there before getting into all the priests. And again, the priests start on page 21. So from page 21 to 463, it's literally just talking about all the abuses by priests. And they list the abusers in alphabetical order and all the complaints against them. Now, I'm not going to, obviously, we would be here all night if I tried to review every single sick fuck that's in that report. <laughs> yeah. 
and there are way too many, but it is this report is available online. So anyone who wants to look it up at the very end, I'll, I'll give you the exact name of this report again so that you can, uh, you know, go search it. You can download it like I did and you can read through it at your leisure. But I do want to touch base on the two biggest assholes, Father Magnus and Father Maskell. Now, Magnus, he was kept in Maryland his entire career as a priest from 1963 until his death in 1988. Before, and this is some information that we didn't get from all the other research I did. So this is what I'm going to read to you now is stuff that came out after we recorded everything. And obviously, had I waited and known about this, I would have added it to our initial podcast. Before he worked at Keogh High School, Magnus, according to the report, had raped an 11-year-old girl that had attended St. Clement's School. And this school was not too far from the Keogh High School, and it was the exact same school that Joyce Malecki had attended. And remember, this is the girl that was murdered and found near a river that has never been solved, and turns out the police never really investigated it because they didn't have the funding or the manpower. Wow, that's... Hmm. Yeah, 11. That same girl was taken to a hotel on more than one occasion and raped by Magnus and an unnamed police officer. Are there hotel records for this? Like, did they keep hotel records back in that time period? Well, I, I don't, I mean, I would assume so. A lot Back then, though, you were writing your name in a log, like a ledger. So you could oh. have written whatever you wanted. But keep in mind, this is also a priest and a cop, which sounds like a bad joke. A priest and a cop walk <laughs> into a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like that. So I don't know, like the report doesn't specify, like they keep the names of the victims secret it just says, you know, one victim said this. So a lot of this is just there reporting it, but everything that's in there, they've kind of taken as relatively credible because otherwise it would have been redacted. The report also states that when students at Keogh High School had gone to him for help regarding Father Maskell, Magnus told them that he couldn't help them and that they should just stay away from Maskell. As if that would have been an option, considering Maskell was always calling them over the loudspeaker to go to his office. And that does, we're going to, I don't know if I'll touch base on this in the Maskell one, but it does talk about how one girl, after being called to the office, tried to hide under a stairwell and had to be taken out by Maskell. And then, of course, he later raped her. Hmm. Maskell also reportedly took photos of the girls being abused, both while they were being abused and otherwise. One student at Keogh was home with an illness and Magnus arrived claiming he was there to offer comfort, asking her parents to leave her alone with him. And once he closed the door, separating her from her family, he raped her. In 1972, Magnus requested a transfer out of Keogh High School because he felt that the staff at the school had, quote, gravely failed to act as Christians, unquote and that he was afraid he would slip and make statements that might hurt the school. So here he is, one of the abusers, and he's afraid he's going to fuck up, so he wants out of the school. Well, no. I mean, I'm sure that was a cover his own ass kind of excuse for something. Maybe, but at this point, it's so widespread. I, I don't know. It's just crazy to me. Uh, Magnus and Maskell also raped a boy from a school called Our Lady of Victory in the 1960s, so they didn't distinguish between boys and girls. After leaving Keogh School, Magnus was reported as, quote, out of it due to alcohol and affairs with females, unquote. So people are literally reporting this to 
the archdiocese, and they're still not doing anything about it. And Magnus died in 1988. And to be honest, I hope he's fucking burning somewhere because, I mean, I don't really believe in that, but I really hope it for him. Yeah. After what everything that he did. Yeah, definitely deserved. Yeah. Were there and- any other witnesses listed in this report for these situations you just discussed? So they don't list they don't really list this in the report. But if you oh. watch the documentary, The Keepers, okay, you're going to see firsthand these women because now they're adults. They're being spoke. They're interviewing with the the documentary maker, the filmmakers, and they go into just as much detail. These are just things that I didn't know about because they weren't in the documentary or any other reports that I had read. So there's a lot more that I'm not even touching on here. And we're about to get even worse because we're about to start talking about Maskell. Okay, Maskell, amazingly, his list of offenses isn't even the longest list in the report. It should be, but it's not. That's scary. What like, other sick fuck has a worse list uh, than him? Like, I, I didn't. I didn't read every one. It's four hundred and sixty pages. So, I, well, I, 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 but at a brief glance, like the whole crap. Yeah, I don't have a name, but there are some people who are listed as making offenses in multiple states, but they're just talking ah, about the offenses okay. in Maryland. I got gotcha. you. Now, like Magnus, he spent his entire career assigned to places in Maryland from nineteen sixty-five until his death in nineteen ninety-four. In the report, 39 people reported abuses by Maskell. The archdiocese was aware of his conduct towards children as early as 1966 because of his curiosity towards the sexual fantasies of Boy Scouts under his care. He would literally interview and tape these boys, asking them about their habits and their sexual fantasies, and then asking them questions about other Boy Scouts. Oh, my God, that's nauseating. Yeah, it's crazy. There were also complaints that Maskell would bring young girls into the rectory under suspicious circumstances where they would stay and, quote, talk for hours. Uh, However, despite all these reports, there's nothing that showed the church leadership took any action against Maskell at this point in time. Now, this report does list Jean's claims. Now, Jean is the 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 main kind of she was known as Jane Doe in the court. the trial against Maskell and the Archdiocese of Baltimore. It does actually list her claims of Maskell's abuse, as well as him having brought her to look at Catherine Sesnick's body before it had been discovered while she was still missing. So that actually lists it in there, which is good. It means it's in the reports. It also lists the Archdiocese's decision to not pursue action against Maskell because Jean could not corroborate her claims, despite all the claims that they have here. In 1992, there was a complaint against Maskell regarding concerns that he was carrying on a very public relationship with a young teenage girl. She was apparently seen spending time with him while he was at a retreat that the church had sent him to during all the allegations from Jean and other women that had come forward. And he would even take trips with this girl. She, of course, is unnamed, and we have no idea exactly how old she was, but these are complaints from other people that had seen them as well as doctors from the hospital he was you know supposedly getting treatment for that's wow no i i'm just sitting here like dumbfounded now i know aaron you missed when we recorded this but this particular hospital that he was sent to they found out they thought they were there treating priests for depression and then they would later find out that they were there treating priests who had sexually assaulted young children and they were upset 
and told the archdiocese, we're only going to take your priest if you can tell us what they've done and we want the whole file. And then the archdiocese stopped sending priests there. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah, it was crazy. And so this, they didn't know, like the hospital didn't even know the details. Correct. And while so basically before they had made that claim, Magnet uh Maskell is there with a young girl, and here he is taking trips with her. So the list of his abuses are long. And at this point, I, I feel that if we just keep describing him, it feels gratuitous. But I mean, I'm going to say that like Ma- Magnus, Maskell also abused prepubescent boys and girls, and he destroyed many lives. Basically, there are a few sections that are redacted within Maskell's section of the report. One of them is within a section where it's describing Maskell abusing boys at the school where he was assigned before Keogh. But they obviously don't want the public to know any of the details for some reason. Another you, part that what's that? Can you imagine having a non-redacted version of this entire thing? I, I can't. I don't even think I want to know. <laughs> Another redacted area is in regards to a victim's claim that there was a nun, Sister Sham, who was aware of Maskell's abuses. But in that area, it's largely redacted. So we have no idea what I have no idea what any of that actually said. So I don't know what role she had, but it, it just kind of goes to show that it's not just men and that are listed in here, which is fucked up. And another redacted session section uh, comes after Maskell is reported that he's asking people that, that have come into the confessional. He's asking them extremely inappropriate things. Like he literally asks women on the other side of the confessional screen how often they masturbate and how they do it. And then it gets redacted. That's, oh my God. <laughs> so this report does state that the archdiocese paid out between $25,000 and $50,000 to at least 15 of Maskell's victims. There is so much more in this report. And if anyone out there is curious as to what's in it, I recommend that you check it out. You can find it online by searching attorney, the Attorney General's Report on Child Sexual Abuse in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Personally, I and I said this at the beginning, I would like to see what's in other cities as well. Um, and, and then from there, I just got to say, you know, we say this a lot. We're better than this. And I, I think we need to be better. But I think the church should have set this example many, many, many years ago. We said it at the end of the last recording. If the church had taken action and punished these priests, I don't know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, the church wouldn't be in the situation it's in now where very few people trust it. And you hear all the jokes about children and priests. So I really think the church dropped the ball on protecting people and remaining the example that it claims it is. I completely agree. And it's very disgusting that this went on for much longer than it should have. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's still going on, but at least uh, yeah, now. But I mean, without, without bringing it into the proper light. Yeah, I think it's just really sad that, I mean, what you said is exactly right. It's really sad that this happened, and I think it continues to happen to this day, um, and that the the church is so well protected by, you know, the police and the government officials, and it's such a tight-knit institution that stuff like this gets covered up all the time. And, you know, these people take an oath to protect other people and to do good and they're not doing good and they're just covering up each other's um, mishaps. And I I'm disgusted by it. 
100% agree with you. Yeah. But that's uh, that's the update after the report came out. We just wanted to give that out to you guys. So, um, yeah, we'll see you very soon with another episode of Unsung Murder Ballads. I am Janice Dead. I'm Jameson Dead. And this is Aaron. Oh, 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 oh,